Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, January 12th. Today on the show, we take a look at what the Tennessee Titans will do at the offensive coordinator position should Arthur Smith decide to leave. We will also discuss the most pressing decision that Mike Vrabel has to make with his defensive coaching staff. But we begin with Alabama's victory over Ohio State in the national championship game. The 440 is constructed every single morning for you for free by the Kingston Group. The Kingston Group is a Nashville-based custom home and remodeling firm. You, the audience, are at the center of every decision that we make at 440, and the Kingston Group functions in the exact same way. It's why we've partnered together. I would never tell you to use a product or a service that I didn't use in my life with my family. And my wife and I are using the Kingston Group as we speak. Frankly, that's all you need to know, but don't take my word for it. Go check out the website, buildkg.com, and you decide for yourself. The Kingston Group, character and craftsmanship. Alabama forced the football to its two superstars on offense from the first snap of the national title game on Monday night and eventually ran away with Nick Saban's seventh national championship. The 52-24 victory capped a perfect 13-0 season for the Crimson Tide, just Saban's second undefeated team of his career. And while there will be plenty of debate about which one of Saban's championship teams is his best, there is little argument that this offense isn't the best he's ever coached. Heisman Trophy winner Devonta Smith had 12 receptions for 215 yards and three touchdowns in the first half. Smith actually missed most of the second half with a hand injury. Najee Harris had 158 yards from scrimmage and three touchdowns of his own on 29 touches, including over 100 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns in the first half and a couple of critical early fourth down conversions in the red zone. All of it, of course, playing behind what is arguably the best offensive line of the Saban era. Ohio State star running back Trey Sermon was lost for the game on his first carry and actually had to go to the hospital in a very scary and unusual development, and the Buckeyes' offense was never really the same without their best weapon. I mean, it wouldn't have made any difference in the game. Alabama was just the vastly superior team and is almost playing a different sport at this point, but it would have been fun to see both offenses at least at full strength. Justin Fields was pressured for much of the night, knocked around after getting hurt against Clemson, and was a shell of the player he was on New Year's Day. He finished just 17 of 33 passing for 193 yards and a single touchdown, and frankly, might not have even been as good as those numbers indicated. Meanwhile, his counterpart, Mac Jones, finished with 464 yards and five touchdowns, completing 36 of his 45 passes. Again, behind that offensive line, Jones stood in the pocket and calmly worked through his progressions like it was a seven-on-seven passing tournament. What is wild and possibly concerning for college football is that Ohio State probably was the second best team in America this year. They just weren't anywhere near as good as Alabama. And in a year where everything was different and things were constantly swirling in a thousand different directions, the same old process is what was left standing at the end. It's a testament to discipline, to the kids on that football team, and to the greatest coach in any sport. And it's not changing anytime soon. If anything, the 2020 asterisk that we've talked about all season long actually makes this championship even more impressive because of what all these teams have been through over the last 10 months. And it's telling that one of the first things you think about is how the more things change, the more things stay the same. So until we figure out a way to legislate out the stockpiling of talent or Saban decides to walk away, there is no reason to believe that no matter what college football looks like and goes through, that the national championship game isn't going to go through Tuscaloosa, Alabama in some way, shape, or form. 
There are going to be lots of takes about this Titans team and this season's untimely end at home on Sunday. We will have weeks and months to perform the autopsy on this particular carcass and to argue about how to define the 2020 Titans for all of eternity, for whatever that's worth. But the first order of business and top priority is offensive coordinator Arthur Smith. He reportedly interviewed on Sunday night while the ashes were still smoldering at Nissan Stadium with Jacksonville. On Monday, Smith interviewed with the Jets, Falcons, and Chargers, and according to Adam Schefter, is scheduled to interview with the Lions as well. Needless to say, and unsurprisingly, Smith is a hot commodity, and the Titans need to have a plan to replace him should he get an offer and decide to leave. Here is where everyone will have an opinion about things most of us know nothing about. Calling plays, designing a professional NFL offense, is like speaking a foreign language for most fans and media, so let's not get bogged down on... How many times a candidate wants to throw the ball out of 13 personnel or run trips into the boundary. And let's focus more on the big picture forces at play in this decision. Largely, it is dictated by general offensive philosophy and entrenched personnel. Like, say, a running back and quarterback who have been signed to long-term contracts and will be the focal point of the offense for the foreseeable future, as Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill are. Since those two pieces are set, the question that Vrabel and Robinson should be asking any prospective candidates are how are you going to utilize these weapons in a rapidly evolving NFL landscape? Henry is not a spread running back, and frankly, Ryan Tannehill is not a spread quarterback in the traditional sense, meaning the Titans shouldn't be throwing the ball 45 times per game with these two weapons. However, we now also live in an NFL world where the wall between the college spread and pro-style offense has all but disappeared. The spread concepts have infected every NFL offense, and the future of the game is trending in one very clear direction. And it frankly is what makes Arthur Smith so good. Blending the modern schemes with two players who may fit better into a more traditional power play-action offense is what made this unit the best offense in Titans history. None of us, media or fans, have any clue who is best suited to deliver this combination of skills, creativity, and innovation. But I can tell you that whoever Mike Vrabel and John Robinson think can do this is the guy they should go hire. Of course, the follow-up and equally important conversation to that of Arthur Smith on offense is what should Vrabel do with his coaching staff on defense? Before free agency and the draft, the two places you can improve your team the most, the Titans need to decide what the defensive coaching staff will look like in 2021. Yelling about who carries the title defensive coordinator is truly one of the most irrelevant things Titans fans have latched onto this year. What matters is who is doing the work and how well. If Shane Bowen is doing all of the things a DC does week in and week out, the question isn't what should his title be? The question should be, is he good enough to design and call the defense? Ironically, against Baltimore, this defense did its job holding the Ravens in check most of the game, getting timely stops in the red zone, and forcing Lamar Jackson to play to his weaknesses. But one nice game plan against a team you clearly match up well against doesn't change the fact that this defense was among the worst in the NFL this year. This isn't all in the coaches, of course. Injuries played a key role. Jayon Brown, Adoree Jackson, and Jadavian Clowney missing time was huge, as was John Robinson's inability to acquire an impactful pass-rushing weapon in the offseason. So there's blame to go around, but the biggest chunk of it falls at the feet of the coaching staff. So while everyone is focused on replacing what could be an empty seat on offense, should Arthur Smith decide to take a head coaching opportunity, which no one can really fault him for, the question on defense 
isn't, should someone be named defensive coordinator? The question is, is Shane Bowen the right guy for the job? You can call him whatever you want. The top chef of defensive culinary schematics, for all I care. Because the title doesn't matter. What matters is the work. Is the scheme sound? Are the game plans designed correctly? Are they being implemented and executed in a timely and innovative fashion? With a healthier unit and another offseason of talent acquisition, this team should be better on defense. But one of the most important decisions Vrabel and Robinson will have to make in the immediate aftermath of the loss on Sunday is who should be the architect of the Titans' defense moving forward. If they believe that Shane Bowen is the right guy, then just call him the defensive coordinator so everyone will shut up about who carries what title. If he's not, then go find someone who is. And just like on offense, none of us in the media or fan base are truly qualified to argue about front multiplicity or coverage consistency at the granular level. But we can discuss it from 10,000 feet. The scheme probably needs to be simplified to some degree. They need to be better on third down. I'd like to see this unit maintain its physicality. And I'd like to see that consistency and coverage that Vrabel's been talking about since his introductory press conference. Before anything else can happen with this Titans team, as it begins to build for next year, Vrabel's two biggest decisions will be who is running his offense and who is running his defense. After he decides those two things, the entire franchise and administration can begin to construct the 2021 version of the Tennessee Titans. A version that doesn't expect to just get to the playoffs, but to win when they get there. The 440 is built every morning by the Kingston Group. Just like how we've built 440 Sports, the Kingston Group is locally owned and laser-focused on their clients' experiences and their budget, of course, and it's why my family uses the Kingston Group. Frankly, that's all you should need to know, but don't take my word for it. Go check out their work at buildkg.com, and you make the decision for yourself. The Kingston Group is a Nashville-based custom home and remodeling firm, and the website, again, is buildkg.com. Thank you guys all for listening. Of course, we do appreciate it. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Please share it. Tell one person. That's all I ask. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall at 440 Sports on both Twitter and Facebook. This has been the 440 for Tuesday, January 12th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.